This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Little more than 24 hours later, the glow persists in middle America, Kansas City in particular, where plans for a parade have been made. And who knows, maybe Taylor Swift shows up to that and people can really lose their minds. Uh, but the NFL starting to get smaller and smaller in the rearview mirror. The NBA, college basketball, so much else going on that we stay here with you for on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today. Then you can take us with you wherever you're going, whatever you're up to, and you can download segments as podcasts later in case you miss anything. Of course, you can watch the show as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, and on YouTube. And Chris Mack here with you. Aaron and Joe off. They're going to take some vacation time after a long and rigorous season of betting football. J-Rod joins us. Jim Rodriguez. Uh, J-Rod, good to see your face. Good to see that you survived the football season. And now, like I said, we start to get caught up on hoops. Reed Wallach going to join us in the second hour. Isaac Trotter in the third and final hour to talk college hoops. We're going to start a division-by-division catch-up with the All-Star break just about here in the NBA. Day-by-day, we'll start with the Northwest Division today, and we'll even take a quick peek later in the show as teams start to report for spring training this week at some Mm -hmm. early MVP odds and win totals. But welcome in, my friend. It's good to see you. Good to have you here. And I'll be honest, I'm going to start here. I got to ask, I know you watched it on a plane coming back from a, a fun family trip to New York, but we absolutely dissected the Super Bowl forwards, backwards, and from Ayuk to Usher yesterday and everywhere in between. So I got to ask, Super Bowl 58, J-Rod's take, and what do you think of Kyle Shanahan taking the ball to start overtime? And his players well, not necessarily I- understanding overtime. I think that's the part that really jumps out at you, right, Chris? Like it's it's one thing, you know, coaches are paid to make tough decisions. And and whether you know you take the ball, you don't take the ball, whatever, you're always gonna be criticized. But the fact that his own players did not know the rule is so troubling because at some point, like, what were you doing over these last two weeks? You know, when when people ask me, you know, why do I think why do I always bet on the Chiefs? Why can I not bet against Mahomes? It's really more Andy Reid and his coaching staff. Did you see a more poised team on that game-winning drive, marching down the field? You know, it almost seemed like it was a scrimmage. It almost seemed like it was a, a random Thursday in July during minicamp. They were just so poised, completely un 
flattered or completely unmoved by the fact that it's the damn Super Bowl and their season's on the line and they they scored that touchdown. You know, what what did Chris Jones say? They they were playing chess at this point. They were thinking if they scored a touchdown, they being the 49ers, they were going to come back and score a touchdown and they were going to go for a two-point conversion. Mm -hmm. That's how much into the rules and planning they had while 49ers didn't even know that, that, you know, that both teams got the possession in the in, in in the overtime, it's pretty frightening. I think having spoken to people who have spoken to people in the organization with the 49ers, the the general in the hallways opinion of Shanahan's uh, taking the ball in overtime first was that it was soft, and they didn't use the word soft. Let's just put it that way. They said it, but we'll, we'll, we'll clean it up and we'll say that it was a soft move, that mm. you get the ball first. You put the, you know, you put the, you, you know, you, you give it away and then you react to what the Chiefs do and then you could walk off and win the game if you held them to a field goal or they didn't score. The only argument, Chris, would have been that, you know, the defense for the 49ers was on the field at the end of the game when Kansas City marched down and tied the game with a field goal but between the end of the game commercials or the end of regulation commercials the coin toss the explanation I think the defense would have had enough of a rest to be able to go back out there again and and kick the ball off but yeah soft is the word and the fact that the team didn't know the rules is pretty frightening yeah And, and what's interesting and we're gonna look there's plenty of stories from the NBA last night. Wemby's triple-double on blocks. Uh, we got the Cavs finally losing for the first time in weeks. The Knicks getting screwed in Houston. Uh, the Warriors starting to heat up again. All of that, plus Kansas getting absolutely thrashed in Lubbock mm. by the Red Raiders. We're going to get to all of this today. But, again, this is what I come back to with Shanahan and the end of the Super Bowl. And I saw our guy Nick Costos on You Better You Bet had a, a wonderfully long Costo-style rant about people skewering Shanahan and how he's right. You know, we crush Shanahan constantly for being too conservative. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden, Nick's argument was, well, he got aggressive and now you guys are mad at him for it. I I, I think much to your point, J-Rod, from what you're hearing from people, that it wasn't aggressive by Shanahan. It was once again letting the game manage him, letting the opposition manage the game, and then the game manage him and his reactions, rather than, like you said, putting the other other team on notice, putting the onus of decision-making on Andy Reid to then say, okay, yeah, here, there you go. There's the ball. Are you going to go for it on fourth down if you get down into the red zone? Much like the 49ers did not do. They chose the field goal. It's it's the oldest, it's the oldest, you know, adage in the books. You don't give the best player on the team the ball last. And that's what they did. They gave Patrick Mahomes the ball last. And 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 I get it, you know, and to say, oh, well, we were going for the third possession. The third possession, well, the third possession. You don't possession know if that's gonna happen. Happened. It right. never happened, right. and 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 it's what it got me. It gets, has me thinking. If the 49ers didn't know, if the players didn't know the rules, the overtime rules in the postseason, I mean, scary. Did Shanahan know the rules? Did anyone know the rules? I mean, how could that possibly have been the sort of oh well, we'll just get the third possession on it, a, a third possession that never happened. So listen, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, but if he'll ever forever be known as the guy whose dad won two Super Bowls as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, and who's who's choked with the lead in multiple Super Bowls now, uh, both mm-hmm. as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach. Look, Kyle Shanahan didn't fumble the ball in the red zone early on when they had the chance to score a touchdown. Kyle Shanahan didn't muff a punt. I totally get all that. There is a lot to be put on the players on the field. But, yeah, um, right now he's just not good enough in the biggest spot to break through that glass ceiling against the Chiefs in particular with two shots now in his past. All right, again, we're going to get to hoops, but I need a neutral perspective on something because, you know, you're down in South Florida. You're a, you're actually in a place where it's beautiful year-round. Like, we're here where it's cold and it's rainy. I'm in Pittsburgh. A bunch of people on the show are in Chicago. And here's here's why I bring up Pittsburgh and Chicago. Because Adam Schefter didn't really drop a bombshell it's not a bombshell but he just he, he's he kind of you know what he did when the amazon guy comes really late at night and he doesn't want anybody <laughs> to know he's delivering packages at eleven thirty because i don't know it he took a three-hour nap in the middle of his shift and he quietly tiptoes up to your door and puts the package down and then snaps his picture and runs away scurries off that's kind of what Schefter did with the Oh, don't forget, Mike Tomlin really likes Justin Fields thing that he said on Pat McAfee's show yesterday. And look, it's looking more and more likely the Bears are going to stick with the first overall pick. They're going to take Caleb Williams. That's the move for the Chicago Bears. And Joe Ostrowski and I would go back and forth about this. He's the one that actually texted me the clip of Schefter yesterday on McAfee. but. The argument now is, what should the Bears get for Justin Fields if they're going to trade Justin Fields? And if the Pittsburgh Steelers in particular are interested in Justin Fields, what should they be offering? I would think Ryan Poles, general manager of the Chicago Bears, has a reputation to protect after he got absolutely fleeced in the Chase Claypool deal by Steelers GM Omar Khan, and that he can't give up fields for anything less than I don't know, a couple of draft picks with at least a second rounder involved. But I'm looking for a neutral perspective here, J-Rod. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mike Tomlin is undoubtedly sitting in the back of the classroom right now, filling out his Valentine so he can pass them out tomorrow. You know, you've got to make one out for everybody in the class now. And he's going to go around and drop the Valentines in everybody's box. But Justin Fields is going to get an extra special Valentine. It's going to be the one with the little chocolate attached to it, even though you're not supposed to take food into class and they yell at you for that now. And he's going to drop it in the little box and you say, Justin, wink, wink. What do you think? And what should the Steelers or anybody who's interested in Justin Fields for that matter, let's just eliminate the Pittsburgh part of this. Anybody who's interested in Justin Fields, what's the going rate for a guy who hasn't been able to succeed the way some of us thought he would in Chicago? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the way I look at it, though, just from from a from a sort of a, a left angle perspective here is is the season's over and Washington, the com- the commanders have already lost. Right. Didn't they get Cliff Kingsbury because they were going to get uh, Caleb Williams. They were going to make that trade. Didn't they do all this stuff. And at the end of the day, they're not going to get Caleb Williams now. So they've, they've already hung an L on, on, on that organization. Listen, I think if, if you're the Steelers, everybody likes Justin. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I appreciate uh, Schefter and, 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 and the way he breaks news, but who doesn't like Justin Fields? I mean, I think most teams would want him. I think Mike Tomlin's looking to see what shoe size. Doesn't he give black Air Force Ones to everybody on uh, during training camp before the season starts? So he's probably trying to figure out what size shoe Fields is. No, I mean, I, th- I think if the Steelers being a Pittsburgh fan, I would imagine it's so frustrating because you think you're just that one quarterback away, especially with Mike Tomlin being such a good coach who is able to get so much juice out of, out of so little material. Um, but I think if, if, if you're going to trade for Justin Fields, I mean, I would imagine, I would imagine that the bears would want at least three picks. Um, one of them being a first round pick, you know, I, I, I a, a one, two, and a three, maybe, just because I think there's so much promise there. There's so much that Justin Fields could do. And I think if you're Mike Tomlin and you're looking at, at ownership and you're looking at, at management and you're saying, listen, look what I've been able to do with with uh, an orange traffic cone and, and a, a guy who should be probably at a convenience store working. Can you imagine if I had somebody who actually knew what they were doing? We could do some damage. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen, though, because I think it almost would feel sort of not right to give Mike Tomlin some tools because you, you love to see Mike Tomlin cook. Well, yeah, I, this is this is where I remind everyone that Mike Tomlin gets a large say in the groceries that get picked out at the store too. <laughs> Kenny Pickett. But we'll leave that be. It's an interesting conversation to see as the quarterback carousel starts to spin, though what happens to Justin Fields and how much leverage the Bears have in particular over quarterback needy teams or quarterback interested, quarterback curious teams um, with free agency. No, but Chris, do you honestly too. think that the Bears would keep both Caleb Williams and Justin Fields? No, they, they can't. Their, that's they, that, that's they the would problem, trade, right? They would trade. Yeah. So I, that's why when, when I heard all this about Caleb going to the Bears, but then but then you have to trade fields, but then there are four fields. To me, it almost makes sense to make to make that deal with Washington and get Marvin Harrison Jr. That's what I would do. That's why I don't understand what has changed in the last, you know, three or four days that all of a sudden Caleb Williams is now going to be a bear. Unless it's yeah. just more pre-draft, you know, wink and nudges. Well, I I think if you're Ryan Poles, you also have to understand that because of the free agent class of quarterbacks, and no one's spectacular, right? No one, right? Hey, Kirk Cousins, okay, if he's healthy, can he improve what you have? If you've got mediocre quarterbacking, sure. Um, There, there are a couple names out there that may be interesting. Fields might be right there, you know, top three or four available quarterbacks that aren't draft picks, but at the same time, is Justin Fields, when the Bears have no leverage right now because they've got to move on from Fields if they're going to draft Caleb Williams, is that going to get you three high-end draft picks, including a first? I think that's where the conversation goes next. And again, seeing the way Ryan Poles has been worked over by some GMs in the past, good question (laughs) as to whether he can actually pull that off or not. I did want to touch on this because we're going to talk plenty of college hoops later in the show with Isaac Trotter and Reed Wallach, but 
Kansas got absolutely owned by Texas Tech last night, J-Rod. 33rd time this season that an AP top 10 team lost on the road to an unranked opponent, the most to this point in the season in AP poll history. Nobody goes on the road, especially in the Big 12, and survives anymore. Not even Kansas. Yeah, well, and it's the first time Bill Self's ever been ejected from a game, mm-hmm. right, in 21 years. So th- that, that that's another thing to, that jumps out at you. I, it's what makes college basketball great and maddening uh, to bet on because, again, this could never happen in college football. That's why I love college basketball and that it's not about what you do in the regular season per se. It's just getting into the tournament. And I think for Kansas, these the, college basketball is the classic sport that sometimes losses are good because you learn from them and they help you build when you get to the tournament. As mentioned, plenty of college hoops with Isaac Trotter in the third hour, Reed Wallach in the second hour. We start to catch you up on the NBA division by division every day with the Northwest, Denver, Minnesota, the Thunder at the top of the next hour. But coming up next, the biggest lessons, biggest takeaways from the 2023 NFL season now that it's behind us here on BetQL Daily.